0: Steve, Agus, Kate Me Lafalte Rov, Egpad, and Leyenjov. You are most welcome to today's podcast brought to you by NUI Galway and Flirt FM, where we are talking all things festival. And more importantly today, the 2019 Galway International Arts Festival, or GIAF, as we know it fondly. Uh, the campus here in Galway and where we are recording today and indeed the city of Galway are transformed every year for the last two weeks of July to accommodate the joyful, vibrant and now huge event that is the Arts Festival. Today with me in studio I have John Crumlish, the CEO of the festival, Uh, I have Dr Charlotte MacGyver, the head of drama and theatre studies here in NUI Galway and Professor Andy Shearer of the School of Physics and co-curator of the Making Space exhibition, which will we he- we will hear more of anon. Uh, and myself, Marianne Kennedy, lecturer here in drama and working in the O'Donoghue Centre. So, just to get us all started, I suppose to welcome you all to the studio. Thank you very much for being here today, and uh, to maybe ask the the man the man himself, Mr. Crumlish. What kind of art forms do you cover? I mean, we the Arts Festival covers so much, but what kind of what kind of areas well, are you really interested in this year particularly?
1: Well, music, we're going from trad to trance. We're going from earlow linear to orbital. Um, Theatre, indoor and outdoor. Um, then we have visual arts uh, across a number of art forms and with Andy here as well. We're entering a new area, a new art form of astronomy, which is a first for us. Fantastic! Uh, and then we have our First Thought Talks. We have 21 First Thought Talks with over 50 speakers. Um, so there's something there for everybody. i say drama, opera, visual arts, comedy uh, discussion and both indoor and outdoor theatre slash street spectacle slash installation.
0: Wow, that's quite a breath. And so if... You could encapsulate what it is that GIAF brings to Galway, or what it is you hope, what is what is your reason uh, for being, or raison d'être in um, in in bringing this festival to the people of Galway. Why do you do what you do?
1: Well, our objective really is to create the best possible arts experience for the largest amount of people possible. And also, what our ultimate aim is to create. Two weeks of fairy dust manufacturing if every gig goes well the fairy dust is manufactured and ultimately it's to amaze intrigue and engage an attendance of hopefully over a quarter of a million
0: okay great and so i suppose with that in mind uh you mentioned professor shearer who is sitting uh on the other side of the table from me here and uh you're the co-creator of the Making Space exhibition. Could you tell us a little bit about that um, and how it came about, how you ended up going from a uh, professor of uh, of all things astronomy to uh, to working in the visual arts?
2: Yeah, I'm a slight interloper here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a scientist, yeah. uh, but the I'm an astronomer. So um, picking up on what John just said, we, ha- we intend to amaze. Um, and I don't think you can get a more amazing science than, than astronomy. The Making Space exhibition is, is a kind of unique collaboration for Galway, where we have four astronomers um, from NUI Galway who are working with four artists. And we put out a, a call for a, basically a competition, mm-hmm. and we had a pretty good response. We had about 30 responses, and we whittled it down to 10, and then we whittled it down to 6, and then 4. Um, So they've been working for the last two to three months with astronomers, including myself, looking at different ways to explore and communicate astronomy to a different audience. Um, Normally astronomy and, well, normally science and the arts don't meet, but they're both different ways of actually exploring, you know, the sort of our local universe or the sort of bigger universe. They wanted to see if we can actually, as astronomers, understand a different way of communicating our science and give the artists something new to actually look at to express their own art form
0: so obviously there were you mentioned that there were many artists chosen um there there were there were many who had applied and four who were chosen Um, and what kind of art are we engaging with when we're looking at it and how does art form and and science meet in practical terms
2: that's an interesting question and in some ways go to see the exhibition and you'll actually see the kind of practical result of that. We, looked, we wanted to have a broad spread of art forms, we, in particular because it would be at the Galway Art Centre. We wanted um, a concentration on the visual arts mm-hmm. and we wanted to explore different concepts of the way in which art can be, be, be looked at and one of the artists, for example, has done a lot of social documentaries of asylum seekers, for example, um, as part of her work. And we like that idea because we've been working with asylum seekers and refugees as part of a bigger part of the same project in terms of bringing astronomy to different groups who ordinarily wouldn't be looking at science or that kind of activity. So she's been, um, although her portfolio looked at that, she's actually looking at a different way. She's been looking at, um, I think, trying to bring in science and motherhood together which is an interesting concept um Mm -hmm. and other artists are actually looking at sound and that's actually quite exciting because the one thing about astronomy people probably don't realize is that it's very very quiet (laughs) there is no noise from alien you know no one can hear you scream in space um it's the, the same we can't hear sound coming coming through the vacuum but sound and harmonics and so on play an important part in different aspects of astronomy, and I think that will be brought to the fore in terms of some of the work. One of the artists I know has been going through, we have a museum in the School of Physics, which is open to the public if they can get through three or four locked doors and a combination. Um, and she's been in there having a look at the kind of equipment, the older equipment there which I'd love to actually put on sort of a bigger display, mm-hmm. um, kind of Victorian glass and brass and so on. Um, so she's been looking at that, and now will be, be looking at ways of showing what that kind of equipment I- is doing. So it's a broad spread um, of uh, visual arts um, and sound.
0: And on in the Galway Arts Centre. Galway
2: Arts Centre. During
0: the festival, yeah. great. And I suppose that that really does speak to the kind of collaborations that gif uh, engage with all across campus um, and just to bring in dr charlotte MacGyver here uh, i suppose the one of the latest uh, collaborations is in we have become in anyway galway education partners of uh, gif and what does that mean for drama and theater studies in particular
3: mm. so there are three major strands to the way that we have been interacting with the Galway International Arts Festival as education partners. First of all, myself and other academic staff are actually moderating the post show talkbacks with a range of companies across the festival, which is a brilliant opportunity to get to often be one of the first people to engage publicly with new work, as has happened in previous years, or engage with brilliant international theatre and arts companies who've come to Ireland. Last year, we also recorded those talkbacks and were able to then feed them back into our teaching during. The academic year, which was really wonderful in terms of extending that that life of the festival throughout the year, we also have the selected program that we run in partnership with the International Arts Festival, where a group of about twelve to fifteen students are selected every year and get to undergo um, behind the scenes workshops. Talks, encounters with the artists in the festival. They also receive some training within social media and content creation in terms of feeding back to the festival and, and work as ambassadors to the festival during those two weeks. So that program is actually open to students across the university as well as within drama and theater studies are coming from an arts discipline. Our new, I think, very exciting development this year is that we're launching the MA in Creative Arts, Producing, and Curation. So John has talked about the breadth of the. Vision, the scope of this festival the layers in putting it together it is both nationally and internationally distinctive in what it brings to audiences we feel and then in conversation with John and, and Paul over the years talking about okay well how, how does this keep going how do we keep Building the capacity of this and also, I guess, spreading the model further, you know, it became apparent that we felt that there was a, a lack, I suppose, in terms of, of structured academic programs actually looking at the area of producing and curation in order to understand how to deliver creative visions on the scale through events like the Galway International Arts Festival. So we have developed then over this past year this MA in Creative Arts Producing and Curation, which is a one-year intensive program where students come in and are looking both at the policy, the academic theory and research behind these fields, but also working on developing skills around business, around their own artistic vision. They'll be working in partnership um, with professionals on our staff, such as yourself, uh, Marianne, a producer of many years, Experience. Catherine Morris, who has done a, a lot of curatorial work um, across Ireland and the UK over a period of years. Marie Cronin from Moonfish Theatre, who's currently our Druid artist in residence. So that experience will always be mixing practice and theory. Those students will also get to participate in Selected at the end of their program and also take place, uh, have an internship um, with an arts organization during their year. So we're really excited to see what it means to extend that working educational relationship throughout the the entire academic year and then be feeding people back in who maybe someday can then be contributing to the festival or others like it alongside john and paul as colleagues
0: so that's fantastic charlotte i mean it just it goes to show what what can be achieved and i suppose john maybe you'd like to speak a little to that and and why why partnering with the university as you un, as educational partners what why 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 is that something that that an arts festival uh, would be interested in doing?
1: Um, Well, primarily it's to do with creating the next generation of both artists and producers and curators. Mm. And also it is about passing on what we have so they're engaged in a very practical way. Like Selected is a good example where, you know, students from here went on Selected, which is a. Kind of an academy let's say for two weeks where we throw everything at them they meet all sorts of people who work in the festival artists who are coming in and they, they take part in a certain way and over the last number of years out of that people who were selected one year the following year or two years later ended up working with us on the festival and usually ended up going and getting jobs somewhere so they're out there already, we're populating that mm-hmm. uh, one girl in particular who now we do a series of rooms with uh, Enda Walsh. We've done five to date, we're doing six this year. But Kira, who wasn't selected six years ago, has ended up working with Enda now on the rooms and does them. She's been in the Kenny Centre in, in Washington, she was in New York as well, um, doing them with them. And, you know, that's a great movement. On There's somebody now that we've got. That has moved on and embedded herself within that whole culture, and we need more and more of those people. Mm-hmm. As young and charming as I am, I'm not going to last forever, so I need <laughs> other people to take over and do it.
0: <laughs> I think you've a few years left in you yet, John. Um, I think um, I suppose we're we're on campus here in NUI Galway. I mentioned earlier that it will be transformed, and we have not only got the partnerships. Uh, as uh, Charlotte and Andy have spoken to already, but we also have a huge amount of events and productions uh, happening, and the first thought talks being a very uh, important part of them. Uh, you might might t- talk us through a little bit. Talk us through a little bit of of said talks and and what is it that we can expect or what are they? I suppose.
1: Well, first thought talks uh, is really. Um, us kind of, excuse the pun, looking behind the curtain on kind of burning issues of the day, challenges facing society, all the things that the arts uh, are engaged in and need to be engaged in. So, you know, your your big ones are climate change, refugee situation. So this year, we, we, we pick a theme every year, and this year, uh, during the summer, we'll do 21 talks around the uh, theme of borders. So we're going to look at borders around the world. We look at... Uh, the Irish border, we're looking at personal gender borders, we're looking at the border between health and ill health, so that what happens on the other side of all these borders. With Marion McCone coming in to look at Trump's wall, uh, we will revisit the, an excellent series on T.G. Mm-hmm. um We have Kate Mulgrew, uh, who's a star of Orange is the New Black and the only female captain of the Starship Enterprise coming in to talk. She's a very interesting story, apart from a very successful artist, very unluckily. Both her mother and her father got seriously ill at the same time, both with one with Alzheimer's and one with lung cancer. And she left to go home and mind them as an adult and left this career to do it. And just that border of. Flipping over into this other world of just, you know, hospital time Mm. is very interesting to us. Um, Other things we're looking at, we have the crew, some of the crew of the L.E., Samuel Beckett, come and talk about their experiences of basically roaming the Mediterranean, pulling refugees Out of the Water, we have Eamon Ryan coming to talk to four secondary school students who are heavily involved in the climate change. He's going to have a discussion with them. So it's, you know, it's a broad church in there, but basically the purpose of it is to just create dialogue and conversation, and obviously, in all these things, there's Q and A. We'll also live stream some of them. We'll also film most of them so that they're up there, so that people can interact with them after the festival is over. So it's all about that discussion piece that we really want to get into. Mm. So often uh, around arts, people either look at something or they sit in the dark and hear and look at something. But here, they, they're very much engaged. They're in the room and they are part. They're participating in it
0: and you mentioned i suppose a, a one that's strikes strikes me is Sheila Nickeneinig's that Bala um oh, yeah. that was an amazing series on TG Kahar and I think still available on the player, but she looks at the borders between the USA and Mexico and Israel and Palestine and the Berlin Wall and uh and from I suppose a minority language perspective which is an interesting lens through which to view all of these things. Um, and I there's also there, there's a link I suppose between that and the live the live you mentioned that some of it you can go and see these live and they're very reasonably uh, priced in at all times of the day to suit all different uh different kinds of people but you can also watch them after the event they will be podcasted or they will be filmed so it it extends the the i suppose the length of the festival to some extent and that is something that you've been looking at uh how GIAF can can almost extend past that two weeks obviously the work that you do behind the scenes does and that behind the curtain work goes on for a lot longer it goes on year round but you've also in terms of um, tours and productions and events that happen during the year uh, I think I think it's fair to say that GAF is really looking um, to to embedding itself not only in Ireland as a national festival but really as an international Um, and on what is it that what is it that you're doing uh, in order to uh, to bring that about?
1: Well. A couple of points that the, the the festival itself will always be the jewel in the crown. That's what we are. But in 2010, we made the decision that we needed to move outside the festival. As you know, as the world of social media grew, the, the notion of being, for want of a better phrase, we called it a summer romance. We needed to move beyond that and engage with people year round. So we needed basically content to do that. At the same time from a festival perspective, we wanted to start producing our own work so that if you wanted to come and see the work first, you had to come to Galway. Now we were very lucky in the sense the first time we made this decision, we hadn't told anybody, and then Enda Walsh phoned us and said, I know you don't produce your own work, but I have this play you might like to do. Um Killian Murphy's agreed to be in it, it was Mr. Man. So we had in our plan or very and we thought it was very ambitious at the time, that we would play in the National Theatre in London within five years. Uh, because of Ender Walsh Killian Murphy's performance, uh, we ended up being in the National Theatre within a year. And we've been touring since so we've done we've produced or co produced twenty three productions in the last seven years. We have Done Europe, America, Asia, and Australia in that time with the number of productions. The most recent was the five rooms all went to the Barbican together for the first time in April, and we'll be out again next year with two productions
0: fantastic so there's really is opportunity there really are opportunities here for audiences not only in galway but but abroad and uh, in the diaspora also i suppose well,
1: um well it's funny it's, it's if you if you see what we're doing funny it's, it's not the diaspora particularly like yeah. if you st annes in brooklyn it's not really an Irish audience. It's a very young kind of hipster audience. Mm. We were joking that we were probably the only people on there without a beard at one of the performances. Mm. It, it, you know, it's a very—it's—it's it's yeah. not that particular diaspora audience. But it's—it's it's because of people like Endo Walsh that you know they become so international. Like Endo is probably a bigger name in New York than he is in Ireland. Like he collaborated with David Bowie. He had a hit musical on Broadway. You know, it's—he's—we're very lucky in the sense that. And it wants to premiere stuff here first. Mm. It's just, we're just so lucky in that regard. And with other people we're working with as well. So we, we, you know, in a sense we're, we're, we're actually engaging with what uh, in marketing terms you would call the culturally curious who are just want to see what is going on. And then ultimately we go out to them with this work, which is you know, instead of marketing to them as normally you would, this is authentic work. They get interested. Oh, what kind of people are producing this work? And ultimately, we get them to come back. Like, uh, like if you took an average of the last three years, about thirty-seven percent of our audience is coming from overseas, mm-hmm. and our two big markets are the US and the UK, where we're touring mainly.
0: Okay, so it does have a knock-on effect on the audiences that come to Galway as well.
1: Oh, it does indeed. You know, it, it's that. It's kind of just. You know making that bit more interested. And when you're going out with such, you know, gorgeous stuff, as is mm. um or Voice Egg in winter, you know, mm. people just get curious and want to find out more about you. And more and more uh, venues and producers from around the world are coming in to see what is happening in Galway in the two weeks as well, mm. which is another thing that we want to do is become that kind of platform for Irish work. To get out. Like going back again to the course like ultimately what you want is Galway to be a net exporter of culture.
0: Yes. And to have those people in, in Galway that are that are yeah. qualified and able to do that. Yes. And I suppose Charlotte, you mentioned that the 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 talkbacks which kind of follows on from the first Thought Talks and some of them are podcasted as well and as somebody who's done them what have you felt in terms of giving an understanding to an audience that have come from all different walks of life that get to see a show um, maybe I don't know you You did several shows last year and, and how do you feel that the audience is, um react to someone coming in and 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 trying to kind of i suppose ask the the culturally curious questions mm. uh, that we all want to know when we watch these shows the sort of little bit of pushing back of the curtain how do how how do you feel the questions from the audience and indeed yourself how does how does that
3: um affect the the reception of the show mm. Well, I think my experience of the Talkbacks over the years particularly with the Arts Festival is that they are a true dialogue and I think one of the the spaces where I saw this work the best was last year. There was a brilliant production that came to us from South Africa um, from the Baxter Theatre Centre The Fall which looked at the history or, or the experience of young student activists within a movement against um, against to bring down a statue of British colonialist Cecil Rhodes and then it grew into a much bigger protest movement around fees, around the treatments of refugees within South Africa and so on and so forth. And in a play like that that is so, um, I suppose, South African and its perspective in terms of the, 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 the protest movements, the political dynamics that, it, that it's drawing on, but yet also so connected to other related movements like the Occupy movements, like Black Lives Matter in the United States, and so on. There were all these points of connection that an audience could plug into about that play, but yet actually having that time to sit down and reflect, and particularly with that play, those students were also activists within the movement, as well as actors, and as well as writers. So to get the time to to spin out those layers of meaning and to ask questions you know about the political history or as well just responding to the affect of the performance in the moment together, it, it was a really special experience. And I think too often we forget about the actors when they are going abroad on tour that actually that chance to dialogue with an audience to hear how it is received and, and what resonates for people um, was, was very powerful uh, for this particular company, particularly because they were young performers as well. So I think that ideally, you know, the talk back should be, give the audiences that space and also give the artists something back in terms of understanding where an audience meets the work.
0: Mm-hmm. And I suppose, you know, you mentioned the amount of volunteers as well as paid staff that that work in these festivals and in this particular festival rather. And and I suppose we're very privileged in uh, here on campus with the O'Donoghue Centre and the BOI Theatre and uh and indeed, the Bailey Allen Hall, where students, many of uh, and many of the listeners will have perhaps graduated uh, in. And we're very privileged to see those spaces completely transformed during the festival. And um, I think this year, we, you know, we there's circus in the Bailey Allen um, and we have uh, rough magic playing in the O'Donoghue Centre, uh in the, in the theatre space with a show called Cleft uh, and we have a Waiting Room as you mentioned earlier with End at Walsh and now is the time to say nothing and this I suppose I might bring Charlotte in is this is your your actual area of research there's a few shows that speak to this passionate theme that you brought up with um, with your discussion on the, the the talkbacks, but now is the time to say nothing. Or what what would you like to say to this kind of? There's a theme that runs through Galway International Arts Festival, which is international, and we're a very international city. What what kind of what what way does does the the programming of such work really speak
3: to? Um, I suppose Galway as it as it is. I think one of the things that has increasingly struck me about the festival's programming is, number one, not only is it presenting the best of Irish and international work, I think, on a yearly basis in Ireland during those two weeks, but increasingly, I think the programming with the introduction of the first thought talks, as well as just in the curation of the shows that have come in, often, you know, there there's a very kind of deep... I guess reckoning with politics at the center of many of these shows. You know, we could go back to several years ago when uh, Brett Bailey's Exhibit B, which looks at histories of racism, um, colonialism, looks at that in in the context as well of the contemporary refugee crisis. Um, The refugee crisis has been very much a theme over the last several years in the festival. So uh, the the performance you spoke about, Now is the Time to Say Nothing, is an interactive video installation looking at experiences of living within the Syrian conflict um, from the perspective of of a journalist and then exploring this question of how do you connect with the news, with the stories from afar um, and and really taking on on that theme um, directly. And I think that sometimes you'll see that a festival or a theater program's one thing and think they're done with it, whereas what the arts GIF has done is is initiate a conversation with all kinds of works, responding and talking to each other over the years. So I'm looking forward to seeing Sarah Hickson come back again um, in her Placing Home Hidden Stories exhibition, looking at different refugee camps in comparison around the world, because often we get a focus kind of only on one kind of paradigmatic example, like Calais. which um, her exhibit looked at last year but then we also have Dale Orlander Smith's Until the Flood looking at um, the death of um, uh, the, of black lives matter um, and and the death um of of in, in Ferguson um, in the United States um, of Michael Brown. So, you know, there are all these chances to meet with these issues that are both, you know, unique in their own right, but meeting up with each other and then meet it at the highest level of an arts practice. And I can only hope that sends audiences out the door um, full, uh, full of questions, full of passion, and, and the conversation is ongoing. And I suppose Andy, just to come back to you on the on the sound
0: and the and the silence, and that what Charlotte spoke to about the conversation. I suppose from your own as a scientist and and from your own point of view in terms of engagement with art form, what what do you feel that that could could come of these kind of partnerships that GAF these you know these themes that they explore and re explore and open out and. Unpack and continue to um, how how could how could that I suppose benefit science?
2: Whether it benefits science is, is a, it would be an open question. But I think, like the, the the South African show which which you mentioned, one of the amazing things about that was was the discussions which went immediately as people left, in terms of looking at European imperialism and the effect it has and still has in in Southern Africa. So if that discussion is, would be scientific, if people could then talk about what different aspects of astronomy is going to be, or science in general, and I think that would be a real success. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to, to expand our scientific horizons in terms of discovering anything new, but it's going to be discovering hopefully new ways of communicating and communicating to a different audience. And I think that's the main thrust of the Making Space programme, is to talk to a new group of people those people who would normally be switched off by science and say that actually maybe there's something in this
0: great great, and i suppose just to put you on all on the spot um you know what are the events that you're looking forward to? Uh, I know I, I personally, the O'Donoghue Centre is being transformed into a gallery space at the moment and we'll have Sarah Hickson and Alice Maher and Aideen Barry with their exhibition and Anne-Lyn Chow. Um, and I really looking forward to seeing, I suppose, from both from from uh, how how our space can be transformed, as well as uh, engaging with visual arts within the building and a building that has so much character. Um, what at uh, the other other things I would be looking forward to be Salome, which is an Irish language version of uh Oscar Wilde, Salome, uh, but done through movement and dance uh, by Brendan de Gally, um, and Moonfish's production um, uh, Redemption Falls. Um, maybe I should ask perhaps uh, John first to do you um, uh, put you on. Can you can you tell us what you personally are looking forward to or what are the things that you feel those who perhaps haven't engaged with the festival what are the kind of things that they should try to do even in terms of it's a huge program how, how should they navigate it?
1: well they should uh, what we do find is people who, who come in like at certain access points the key access points would normally be street then they might check out the festival gallery which would encourage people to Sam jinxes. that'll be jaw-droppingly good. They also come in through the big top and they like that and then they try out other things. Like in terms of the, the big top like I should point out that if I didn't like it, we wouldn't be putting it in, in our <laughs> programme and if Paul wasn't really into it, it wouldn't be there. So it's, you know and there, there's so many things that are chosen for so many different reasons but like, if I go week one like Tanaro one, they come under the world music heading but they're just unbelievably funky band. Mm-hmm. um you know they just completely go for it so that like that starts a role for me if that then on the Thursday night it, it's kind of if you are a man o- of a certain age like Robert Plant is playing St Nicholas's Church like let's just I as I said to Paul if we get that we we'll just stop after that I can't see how we can do any better <laughs> so we have Robert Plant and on the same night, sadly, maybe the best double bill we've ever done, which is John Grant and villagers. Um, if I read it back to Monday night, you know, with the world premiere of a new opera in, in Galway, at least like the other. And a very intriguing subject of, of, of one of the Kennedys, Rosemary, who basically her father had her lobotomized, and she just was... Nobody knew much about it. And only now we're getting the material that was redacted for years. And it's it's now going to be a new opera. So that's hugely exciting. Anytime Gary Hines directs a new piece of work, you know, again, you're just thrilled. And we've, like, the Abbey are in, as you say, Rough Magic are in. Mm-hmm. You know, Moonfish World Premiere, like, Brendan's in. There's just so much, and as I say, around the visual arts. And again, come back, like, we just, the visual arts programme, like... It, Architecture, astronomy, we're going into a space that most people didn't know existed uh, in the back of the post office. Um, You know, we're going to do stuff in direct provision. And it's just we're we're fascinated by anybody, like how this is really going to work. And that's just week one. Like, so if I I move on to uh, like Sunday night, big red bop with Macy Gray and hypnotic brass. Monday night again, much like having done Brian Wilson to get Burt Bacharach again, it was one of those we'll never get it, and we got it. So we were just, we just have to get McCartney now, and it's over uh, Dylan. That's it for the <laughs> 20th century the greatest songwriters. Like, you know, 50 years of hits. He's been covered by over a thousand artists, and like, you know, I, with the thing that I've been saying about Burt Bacharach, you think you don't know what he did, but you do. Like, it's one of those classics. Like, he's just. Out there in terms of just been phenomenally good, and then the rest of the week, you know, we have the Abbey coming in as well. Um, there's just so many lovely, lovely things. And then, as I say, both weekends first thoughts. So um, you know, like Mayor Robinson has sold out six hundred people uh, to talk about climate change on a Saturday morning. So you know, it's those kind of things are lovely. You know, the people's belt. I could go on, but I'll not hog it and leave things for
0: other people, sorry. <laughs> so, yes, and, and and thank you for that. It's it's amazing uh, to hear the passion that you have and um. For this festival, and I suppose that translates to the audiences that you bring in and your own programming passion and the passion that Paul also brings. Um, It's really wonderful uh, the amount of of care that goes into bringing such diverse uh, art forms and strands together in a seemingly coherent whole. And at all, it, the, the fairy dust does seem to work. But to go go to uh, Andy and Charlotte, what about top three picks
2: Top three, um, making space would be the first one. <laughs> <laughs> fair uh, fair I think <laughs> the first thoughts, I think, is terribly important to actually show discussions going on and showing considered and long discussions going on. The increasingly, we have these kind of sound bites which become increasingly meaningless. Mm-hmm. So to actually have that kind of dialogue and that dialogue going on uh, for the next two weeks, I think is really important. And those are the kind of things which you know which I would normally go to. Sadly, this year I can't go to any because um, one of the problems being an astronomer, we get told when we can use big telescopes, and they told me next week.
0: <laughs> oh well, you'll hopefully get to see. You'll get some of it runs on longer than the festival. I should mention that there's things that go before and after the festival, so you will get yeah. to see. Uh, but
2: the one thing I would really suggest people to see what John just mentioned is that last year the people's build was incredibly good fun and I never thought playing with cardboard and duct tape was going to actually intrigue me for about six hours um, but it did, and it was brilliant and I would really heartily recommend anybody from the age of six, no from six months up to 106 should go and actually have a, have a look at that Grace. it was rather sad to watch it slowly sink into the corridor <laughs> but apart from that
3: <laughs> and Charlotte so I have the great privilege of getting to do the talk back for Dead Dog in a Suitcase and other love stories by High Theater. And this is just a theater history nerd's dream. It's an adaptation of the 18th century opera by um, John Gay, The Beggar's Opera, which then went on to be adapted by other people, including Kurt Weil and Bertolt Brecht. So it's one of those kind of ur texts being reimagined by one of the most brilliant theater companies, imaginative, joyful, exuberant. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that and actually getting to be in dialogue with the company about their work. I'll give again a, a shout out to Dale Orlando Smith's Until the Flood, looking at the death of Michael Brown from the perspective of Ferguson, Missouri, and, and looking at race politics in the States. She's an artist who has meant a lot to me for a long time, whose work I first saw as a university student. And, you know, being an expat living in Galway, you know, the American theater that comes in and getting to feel in dialogue with that is particularly special. And not only do we have her here with this play, then we have the theater and, and the personal um, first thought talk with my dear colleague, Professor Patrick again so that you get to go behind the scenes in an even more drawn out um, and rigorous way than just a talkback then finally like like John I mean Gary directing a new play um, a new playwright his first play um, to be produced Brian Watkins Epiphany like I can't wait to see what's going to happen there and to be there in that town hall theater space with our home audience seeing that work come to life. Great. Well, I suppose on that, on those highlights, we
0: should uh, wrap up. But I'd like to thank uh, John Crumlish, CEO of GIAF, for being here today. Also to Professor Andy Shearer and to Dr. Charlotte MacGyver, Head of Drama and Theatre Studies here in NUI Galway. And for myself, Marianne Kennedy, I would love to uh, wish you all a good festival and All the best to the entire team at GIAF and to many success and happy and uh, exciting adventures.
1: Thank you.